Welcome to C3 San Diego. Need something fresh, real, and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get live stream service notifications, podcasts, and up-to-date information on upcoming events. We are so glad you're joining us for a powerful, life-transforming message from one of our C3 San Diego pastors. We would love to hear about how God is impacting your life through this ministry. Please share your experience with us at info at c3sandiego.com. If you'd like to be a part of what C3 Church is doing in the city of San Diego and beyond, you can contribute financially by going to c3give.com and choosing the giving option that works best for you. We hope you enjoy this message. Are you ready for the word? Yes. You ready to be fed? Yes. Are you ready to be challenged? Yes. Are you ready to be corrected? Yes. Can't take the good stuff without the hard stuff. We need both the stuff. The Bible is not a candy jar. You don't just get to pick out the sweet treats. The Bible is whole foods. You need your greens too. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray today for open hearts. I pray today for honesty in our hearts. And I pray today for an unusual courage to accept your challenge. God, today, there are some things that need to be pruned and some things that need to be corrected. But you're a good father. You don't punish us, but you do invite us into a process that will change us to look more and more like you. God, I pray for courage today to repent where we need to, to change where we need to, God, to become more like you by being willing to change in the areas that often are so difficult. But God, the process is going to be worth it. Because God, our ultimate aim must be that there is less of us and more of you. So God, I pray today that this word would be a word in season for this house. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can take your seats. Whether you just realized it or not, you gave God permission to do some work in you today. (laughs) I'm so thankful that I get to be here with you in the local church service this morning. I loved being with you over in power and being with you for the first time at C3 in San Diego and meeting your pastors and... And you have some amazing pastors and leaders in this house, and uh, you have some amazing people in this house. You have Pastor Naomi in this house. And if you don't know Pastor Naomi, you need to get to know her, because she has known me since I was a little girl. So this is kind of a reunion for us. I have not seen her for many, many years, but she knows all the bad stories and the good stories. So, but we've made us to swear a covenant of oaths, so her lips are sealed. And, uh, and I just feel like uh, I'm at home here. And, uh, and I want to let you know that though I spoke at the conference and I came across the ocean and was the conference speaker, that's not who I am. I'm a local church girl. And uh, when I'm not up here, I'm doing what many of you are doing. I'm serving behind the scenes. I'm helping make church work. I have been in the same church all of my life. And so I have a track record of sticking in there. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of church. 
because there's no perfect church on the planet. I've seen people come and I've seen people go. I have walked through many journeys with people in our church. And I'm saying all of that to you because I need you to receive me as the person that God has made me to be, which is a church builder. I love to bless the church, but I'd rather build the church. I'd love to actually put tools in your hands so that this church can go to its next level of increase and expansion. And I say all of that to say that probably today, this message will be more ow than wow. (laughs) I don't know why God chose me to deliver more ow messages than wow messages. I sometimes sit in wow messages. I'm like, I want to do what you do, but God doesn't let me. So this is gonna be a message that's more greens than it is candy. But you know what, that's good for us. Any parent in here knows that you wanna raise your kids with a good diet. And so when you're a parent in the house, as I am with my church in our house, you come with greens often to give to the house of God. So I pray today this message will challenge you and change you. I'm gonna start where God spoke this message to me originally, and that was actually in my sleep. I've realized with God that often he'll speak to me when I'm asleep, he'll give me a thought in the middle of the night, I'll feel a prompting, something I can't shake, and I realize it's God trying to let me know something, and I figured out why that is, because I think God goes, okay, she's asleep, her mouth is closed, she's not talking, now I can get a word in edgeways. I think that's what God thinks when he sees me, he's like, I'll just wait till her mouth closes. And so I've learned by now to keep a notepad by my side of the bed, and if I just sense something and it doesn't really make sense. I'm like, I write it down and I know after caffeine in the morning, I'll go and try and process what it is God is saying. And so this particular evening when I was asleep, God prompted in me a question. And I wrote it down because it didn't make any sense at the time. But this question I've had to wrestle with and answer. And I'm going to ask you the same question. And by the time I'm finished this morning, we'll recircle back to the same question. And I'm going to ask you, if you're any closer to answering it. And if you're not, it will be your homework when you leave here today. Yes, I'm going to give you homework. And the question God asked me was this, Charlotte, who are you in line for? Who are you in line for? Well, I have to be honest with you, I did not like this question because there's no part of me that likes getting in line for anything. I don't know about you, but if I go to the doctors, I want them to see me on my appointment time. I don't want to wait. If I go to the restaurant, I want to be served now. If I go to the store, I want to be seen now. If I need to get an answer on something, I do not want to be put in a line. And God help me if you put me in an automated line where you're on the phone and it's not even a real human being anymore. It's a robot. And you just realize you are in a line. I don't like lining up. So when God asked me this question, I'm like, I don't even like where this is taking me in my thinking because I don't want to be in any line. You live near a place that actually you pay money to get in line. It's called Disneyland. If you want to be tested in your patience, just go to Disneyland, the happiest place on earth, where you will spend your hard-earned cash to stand in a line. But even Disney have realized people don't like to get in line. And so now Disney have invented a two-line system 
When you go to Disney to ride a ride, there are now two options available to you. There is the option that is the general first option where you go and you get in line for the ride with your family, with your friends. But now they've created a second option, which is called the single rider line. And the idea behind this line is if you are willing to ditch your family, if you're willing to say see you later to your friends, you can get in the single rider and have the experience now, quicker, faster, all by yourself. And the more I began to think about that, the more I realized if we are not careful, we are creating the same two-tier system in the church where we're saying to the church, oh, you know what? If you want a single rider experience, then you know what? That's fine. Go for it. You know, you don't have to hang with the church. You don't have to stick faithful to the crowd. You don't have to stay in with the group. You don't have to be accountable. Why don't you ditch the group and get your blessing now, your breakthrough now? Just have a single rider experience. Just have a drive-through church experience. Just drive by church window for what you need. Ask for your prayer to be met. And then out you go. You've had a single rider Sunday service. But there's nothing about serving God that allows you that option. Everything about the way God has wired his kingdom is not that you would have a single rider experience, but you would take as many people with you on the journey of breakthrough. And so this question wasn't just, was I in line? This question was, who was I in line for? So now it's moved beyond just me being in line to God asking me, who else are you getting in line for? And my mind went on a journey of the arrival of our children and how they changed this in my own natural life. See, the arrival of kids in my world meant that all of a sudden I was getting in lines for things that had absolutely no benefit to me whatsoever. I have stood in line for hours to meet a princess that is not a real princess. I know she does not have a kingdom and those are fake jewels in her crown, but I have anyway stood in line to meet her and have a photograph with her, not for my benefit, but for the benefit of the little girl on my left, whose hand I am holding that has a dream in her heart to meet Cinderella. And so I stand in line with her to let her dream be realized. I have got in line to meet a complete fake and phony wearing a red suit with a fake white beard. I have stood in line to go and meet him. I know he's not the real one. And I have stood in line and I know he's gonna take credit for my hard earned dollars. And I have stood in line. I'm like, you have never been to the North Pole. I know it. You live in San Diego. You are, you are phony right now. But it does not matter because my kids have a dream to go and sit on the knee of that Santa Claus. They want a moment to be realized. And unless I'm willing to get in line with them, that moment will never be realized. And so then I think about the kingdom of God. I think about all the people that have dreams in their hearts or things that need to be realized in their future. And yet they're not happening because the church don't have time to get in line with them. Wow. 
to bring them to a place, a breakthrough, because we just want the single rider line where I get to preach my message, do my thing, have my moments. So now I'm going in a single rider and I'm ditching the people that God sent me to be in line for. When you read the Bible, it says that Jesus would enter a town and when he entered the town, it will often say this around that piece of scripture that they brought to him all who were sick and who were lame. They brought to him those that were crippled. They brought to him the children and they brought to him those that were broken. In other words, when Jesus showed up in those areas, people would say to themselves, I can't just go see Jesus myself because I know two doors down there is a guy that is a paralytic. I know there is a broken person that lives next door. I need to go get them and take them with me to Jesus because without me taking them, they won't make it to meet him. And I wonder if the Bible was being written today in the Western world, I wonder if it would say the same thing. I wonder if it would say that Jesus showed up in San Diego and you know what they brought to him? or whether it would say that he showed up in San Diego and the usual people turned up at the usual time with their usual friends to get their usual breakthrough, leaving everyone else in their homes without knowing that they're invited to the party too. So we have to keep revisiting this question of who am I in line for just because I get up here and preach doesn't mean that I'm living out this question. I have to ask myself who I am in line for. It changes how I approach the word of God because now I'm not preaching what I want to preach. I'm preaching what God wants to say. It changes how I live my life in my community. If I'm not bringing my neighbor, why am I telling you to bring yours? I have to answer this question for myself. Who am I in line for? So with that thought in mind, I began to think about the people that changed the face of history, the Esther generation, the Esther that stood up and said, if I perish, I perish because I don't think I'm in this palace as a single rider. I think I'm in this palace for such a time as this. I think God has asked me to be here, not for my experience, but to be here on behalf of people that need deliverance. The Bible stories that we read are the courageous ones that said, I'll get in line for someone else. I'll stand up for those that cannot stand up and I'll speak out for those that cannot speak out. And I know that God is looking for the same in our generation. And so I ask you again, who are you in line for? I think there's three aspects that I want us to consider in the time we have of what I believe is our job, those of us in here that love God. This is our job to do. There are three aspects of being in line that I want us to look at. The first is this. I believe all of us have a responsibility to start a new line. Start a line. Turn to the person next to you and say, start a line. Start a line. The best way I can describe this is, I don't know whether you like to go to the grocery store or not. For me, I hate the grocery store. In England now, pretty much every grocery store allows you to shop online and your groceries are brought to your front door. You don't have to step in a store and that suits me just fine. But on the odd occasion that I have to go to the grocery store, it's like a memo goes out to my entire neighborhood. And the memo says this, everybody get in your car and go to the store. 
because Charlotte's about to rock up there and this will really wind her up. And so when I get there, it's never quiet. When I get there, I can't just walk in and pick up a box of Cheerios and walk out. No, when I arrive at the grocery store, everybody is there. And they're not just there, they have kids with them on full on meltdown mode. There's like a tantrum on aisle three. There's a spillage on aisle five. There's like a domestic argument happening on aisle 10. I'm like, people, just go home. <laughs> and so as I round the corner with my grocery cart, I'm already frustrated. And then I get really frustrated because I see the sea of chaos in the store where there's so many people with so many groceries and so few people there to serve them. And I start to get frustrated. Now, if you're a good Christian, at this point, this is what you do. You don't say anything, you just show it. Good Christians stand there and they just tap their toe, roll their eyes like, really, could somebody sort this situation out? They look at their watch several times over like they have somewhere to be that's really important, but they never verbalize their internal frustration. So you can do that if you want and you can just stand in the line with an attitude or you can do what I do. What I do when I round the corner at the grocery store and see the chaos is I go on a hunt and I'm looking for a young man that looks like he's just been employed by the said store. And I go and find him and I say, hello. He says, hello, can I help you? I said, yes, you can. I said, I see within you greatness. I know that you need to be promoted by this star. I know there is leadership inside of you. And he's looking at me like crazy lady on aisle three. And I'm like, today you are going to shine because me and you are going to solve a problem. Follow me. And it's like I have Jedi powers or he's just scared of the crazy lady and he begins to follow me. And we round the corner and I show him all the customers waiting to be served. And I said, you are going to find someone with the power of the register. You're going to bring them to me. And between us, we're going to open a new line. And now his confidence and pride are at stake. And he says, see you in five minutes. And he disappears and he finds said person with said powers. And they begin to come forward and I follow them as they open a new register. And all the other shoppers look at me like, you are a hero. And I'm like, I know, you are all suckers, but I am solving this problem. And guess what? Because I opened a new register, more people can be served. Because I opened a new line, more needs can be met. And the church has a problem. We have far too few registers open. And then we sit back and complain at the lack of volunteers or the lack of service or the lack of help. We drive into church and we go, Whew, not enough car park people in this church. Or you drive into church and go, I think they need a new volunteer in the car park. I'm going to start a new line that helps more people. You go one way or the other. You either decide to be part of the answer 
so oh, you keep complaining about the problem. See, I hear people all the time because I'm a local church girl, and I'm sure it's never said around here, but I do hear on the grapevine from time to time, people go, well, you know, church is just boring. It's just, you know, predictable. It's just the same. I'm like, wait a minute, let's just break this down. Okay, so church, which is the hope for the world, church, which is where restoration and healings happen, church, where families are restored, church, where life is given, church, where principles are taught that change people's lives forever, church, where salvation and things change forever. That church, that's boring. No, 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 the church is not boring. So now let's break this down one more stage. If the church is not boring, there's only one other kind of way that we work this statement out, which is, you're boring. The church is boring, no, 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 you're boring. Church is not boring. So actually what you need to do is change you and your experience of church. And I'll tell you something, when your sleeves are rolled up and you are helping others and you're involved in the church, you don't have time to say it's boring because you're too involved. There's, there's too much to be done. So if your church experience is boring, I would suggest to you, you need to start getting in line for someone else. Go serve in junior high, you won't be bored anymore. You might be exhausted, but you won't be bored. Go get involved in a volunteering area. You won't be bored anymore. Why? Because you're not just coming to church for you. You're coming to church to get in line for someone else. You're showing up because you're aware, if I don't show up, who's gonna stand with them? Who's gonna pray for them? Who's gonna support them? Who's gonna stand with them? You don't show up just for your happy meal. You show up to make sure others get fed. That without you being there, we'll get fed. It's not the job of a few pastors to keep the church all happy. It's the job of the church to all get involved and open new registers. Start a line, start a line so more people can be served. You know, there was a woman that came to Jesus. She came and she was in line on behalf of her daughter. She came to Jesus in Matthew 15, but you know, Jesus was very strategic. We don't often talk about the strategy that was Jesus's strategy, but Jesus was not random. Sometimes it could appear that maybe he was random, but you know what, he had a plan. He had a a commission and he had a plan from heaven. He had three years of public ministry. And in those three years, he had a job to do. He had disciples to train. He had people to teach. He had, he had lessons to impart. He had places he needed to go. He had, he had a statement. He had a, a, a plan. And so Jesus was on plan. So this woman comes, and on this particular day, she was messing with the plan. It wasn't her time. It wasn't her turn as far as the plan went. But she was desperate for Jesus to open a line because she had a sick girl that needed a miracle. And so she was coming to Jesus to say, will you open a new register? Will you open a new register? That's what's going on here. And so she comes to Jesus, this Canaanite woman in Matthew 15, verse 22. And she came and she cried out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me because I'm in line because my daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly. And Jesus didn't answer a word. The register was closed. And his disciples came to him and urged her and said, send her away, because she keeps crying out after us. And he answered, this is Jesus. I was sent, he's letting him know, let her know the strategy. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And the woman came and she knelt before him and said, but Lord, 
help me, she said. And he replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs if you've ever been offended by anyone in the church. Can I just tell you, how, how in the world do you explain this? Yeah. This is offense at a whole nother level. Yeah. Jesus is offending her. Yeah. So you better get over your offense because she had to get over one from Jesus. Some of us, we just get offended and we quit. And this woman, she's realizing if I can't push past my offense, my daughter can't have a healing. Wow. And I need a healing in my house today. So I better get over myself so she can get her breakthrough. And so Jesus, she's begging him and, he, and she says, well, Lord, it is because even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus said to her these words, woman, you have great faith and your request is granted. In other words, he's saying, woman, today I open a new line because of your persistence. Because you came and you asked me and you got over the offense. I'm starting a new line today. And that new line meant a new person got served and a new person got their breakthrough. Who are you starting a new line for? The second thing we have to learn is we have to stay in line. Turn to the person next to you and say, stay in line. Stay in line. I wish I could grab some of you by the face and just say that word to you over and over again. Stay in line. Because here's what some of you are about to do. See, when we go to Disney with our kids, they'll always see something they want to ride, something they want to do, some great experience they want to have. And so we excitably get in the line for that said ride. And as we're in the line for the first 10 minutes, we're all talking about the experience and how great it's going to be. And then, then for the next five, 10 minutes, we're playing heads up on the phone, but then the battery wears out and the heat gets a little intense. And now we've been 25 minutes in the line and immaturity begins to speak. And immaturity comes out of my kids' mouths as they begin to say, I'm, I don't want to stay in line anymore. Like, like it's too long, it's like I'm tired, it's hot. I wanna get out of line, let's go do something else. And in that moment, their frustration of being in line kicks in and their immaturity of not having it yet kicks in and you as the parent try to tell them because you have wisdom and a different perspective. But if we get out of line, we're gonna lose all the progress we've made to this point. If we get out of line, all that time that we've just stood here waiting will be wasted. No, we need to stay in line because we're closer to the experience than we were when we began this journey. But immaturity stamps its feet and says, I want to get out of line. And you need to realize the enemy wants you to quit before your breakthrough, wants you to walk away before your miracle. He wants you to exit the line. But as a parent, I know something. I know in another hour or so's time, my kids are going to say, mom, you know that ride that we got out of line for? We really want to ride it. And we're going to have to go get all the way back in line and do it all over again. You need to understand that God needs you to stay in line. I've been in the same church all my life. And there are many times when I would like to have left but I had to learn, stay in line. There's times in your marriage when you would like to walk out the door and not come back again, 
but the commitment has to be to stay in line. There's times when you'd like to drop your kids off at school and not pick them up at the end of the day, but you have to remember to stay in line. The enemy just tries to wear you down so that you will leave the line. And some of you, by the Spirit of God, I'm telling you, you're about to get out of line and miss your breakthrough. Do not fall for a plan of the enemy. Now, if there's one thing that all of us, I'm sure, hate and share this common passion of dislike for, it's something I call line jumpers. You know those people that cut in on you? You know, when you're in your car and you're driving down the freeway and you, because you're a good citizen, saw the sign that said line merging. And so you were patient and you got in the line to merge, but there's always one, usually blonde. I am guilty as charged, that thinks I'll just push it right to the limit. And they go right the way down the lane that's telling you to merge, thinking I'll get all the way to the end, bypass all these suckers, and hopefully I'll find some poor person and I'll flick my hair and go. And they won't be able to resist because I look so innocent. They won't know this is a master plan that I devised when I entered the freeway. And eventually someone realizes that you're, and they're trying to avoid eye contact with you because they know you're there. But then they remember they have a fish on the back of their car and they're like, darn it. And then they're like, I'm pretty sure that is my pastor from my church. So you reluctantly wave them in as they have cut up the traffic and it's frustrating because you're saying on the inside, no, you should have waited like me. Why do you get to cut in? Line jumpers, they're annoying, but you have to understand if a line jumper shows up in your life, and they will, you have to be mature enough to not get out of line because you're annoyed or upset that they got something you feel you should have got before them. The young person that joins the church and now suddenly they get the appointment. They get the breakthrough. They get the miracle. And you're like, God, I've tithed every week. Who's Johnny come lately getting their miracle? I'm going to get out of line. What's the point in giving then if that's the way it works? What's the point in being faithful if that's the way it works? No, 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 no. Stay in line. There's a guy in the Bible who had the exact thing happen to him. His name was Jairus. Jairus had someone to get in line for, his daughter. She was 12 and she was sick. And so he heard Jesus was in town and because his daughter was too sick to go and meet Jesus, he said, I'm gonna go and get in line for you. He was in line. If you'd have asked Jairus that day, who are you in line for? He'd have said, oh, that's really clear for me. I'm not here for me, I'm here for my daughter. And I don't know how long that he waited to see Jesus, but it would have been a long time because the Bible says that day the crowds were pressing and pushing. There was masses of people. And somewhere he'd stood in line and he'd waited for his turn as Jesus made his way through the village, through the town. And eventually Jesus gets to Jairus and it's his moment. And Jesus asks Jairus, what can I do for you? And as Jairus is getting the words out of his mouth, a line jumper shows up. No one saw this line jumper coming because she crawled on her hands and feet through the crowd. No one knew she was there because she was bent over double, writhing in pain. 
But a line jumper at that moment cut in on Jairus' moment by touching the hem of Jesus' garment. And when she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, Jesus did something that I don't know any of us would be able to handle. Jesus, in that moment, as Jairus is articulating his need, turns his back on Jairus and says, who touched me? I can imagine Jairus thinking, are you kidding me? I have been here all day. I have a daughter who needs me to make this moment happen. You're going to cut out on me? You're going to give the attention to this person that just showed up? And exactly at that moment, there comes news to Jairus' ear. And let me tell you something. The enemy knows exactly when to whisper in your ear. He won't whisper in your ear at the beginning of the line. He won't whisper in your ear five minutes into the line. He'll wait his time when he knows you're beginning to lose enthusiasm. Feel disappointed. Feel a little let down. Feel a little overlooked. And then he'll whisper in your ear. And Jairus is right at that point. And it says in verse 49, while Jesus is speaking now to this woman, someone came from the house of Jairus. And they said to him, your daughter is dead. So don't bother the teacher anymore. In other words, Jairus, get out of line. There's no point staying in the line anymore. The worst has happened. She's gone. It's too late. The line jumper got your miracle. You know what? So just go home and don't bother the teacher anymore. The enemy will tell you to get out of line. What's the point? Give up. Don't go, don't tithe anymore. What's the point? You haven't had your breakthrough. Don't show up anymore. You know what? No one even thanks you anyway. You know, walk out. What's the point? And I love this. Jesus overheard the whisper. And he pivots back round and he says to Jairus in verse 50, Jairus, do not be afraid. Just believe. She will be healed. Stay in line. Stay in line. See, what we don't often allow for is that God's perspective and our perspective are entirely different. Jairus knew I'm in line because I have a 12-year-old daughter that is sick. But Jesus knew she's in line because no one would show up for her. Jairus' daughter is in bed while he is there on her behalf, but this woman had to crawl out of her bed because no one is there on her behalf. And Jairus' daughter at age 12 is sick, but this woman has been sick for 12 years. Sometimes we don't have the maturity or the grace or the patience to allow someone to get their miracle in what we think is our moment. Because we don't understand, God's not giving your miracle to someone else. God's good for miracles for both of you. You just have to stay in line. You just have to stay in line. Stay in line. I need to say to some of you, stay in line. Don't make the decision you're about to make. Stay in line. Hold still. You are closer than you think. And finally, cross the line. Cross the line. There was a guy that sat by a pool in Bethesda for 38 years needing to get well. 
Jesus comes by one day and says, dude, what are you here for? He's like, I, I, I need to be healed, but no one will get, help me get over the line. No one will help me. And Jesus says, well, today I get you across this line. I get you your healing. I get you your breakthrough. And the guy walks on home. And we think that's the end of the story. But the Bible records that later that day, Jesus went looking for the man that he had healed. And Jesus goes to find him. And he says to the guy who he had healed earlier that day, he says, one more thing. I need to say this to you. Now don't sin anymore. Because if you do, something worse will happen to you. What's Jesus doing? He's saying, don't be a repeat offender. Stop getting back in a line that you should have crossed a long time ago. And what often happens is that in the church, we keep repeating the cycle. See, some of you have come forward for prayer for the same thing for the last 10 years. And it's time to cross the line. It's time to cross the line. You need to do something other than come for a moment. You need to walk out what it is that God's telling you to walk out. You need to say, I am done with this. See, you can't come forward and say, pray for me to break off this relationship, to break off this addiction, and then go back and hang out with the same people that got you in the addiction. No, you're asking for God to do something, but now God's saying, go sin no more. You do your bit. Get across the line. Well, God, you know, I want this negativity to be off my life. Can you pray it off my life? And we pray it off your life. And then you go get back on the gossip circle. And God's like, no, 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 get across the line. So I don't know where this finds you today. But I end where I began by asking you the question God asked me. Who are you in line for? Who are you starting a line for? Who are you staying in line for? And who are you going to get across the line for? All across the room, let's stand to our feet. Just close your eyes where you are. Some of you need to quit the single rider experience today. And that's going to look, for some of you, like a practical thing you're going to do. Some of you are going to go out and sponsor a kid for camp because you're going to get in line for them. Some of you are going to sign up for a connect group because you're going to get in line for someone other than yourself. Some of you are going to say, hey, I don't do anything around here and it's about time I did. Why? Because I need to get in line. Some of you are going to commit again to your marriage because you're going to stay in line. Some of you are going to say some things to your kids that remind them that you're staying in line for them. Some of you are going to break off some relationships because you need to get across the line. Just all across the room. If you're responding in any way, just begin to lift your hands and I'm going to pray over you. You're saying, God, today I'm reminding myself, I need to ask myself this question afresh. Who am I in line for? God, help me to stay in line. God, help me to start the line. God, give me the courage to get across the line. God, you see our hands, mine included. God, this is not often an easy question to ask of ourselves and yet it is essential. For God, you are calling us to live a life that is not just about ourselves. It's about reaching more people for you. And God, San Diego cannot be transformed unless we were willing to get in line for more people. And so God, I pray you would baptize this congregation afresh with a passion to get in line for others. I pray for those that are contemplating getting out of line, they would have the courage to stay in line. I pray for those that are disappointed that they would get a new vision of all the progress gained so far and get a determination to not lose ground that they have gained. And God, I pray today 
we'll be able to go away and think about this question and begin to answer it on behalf of those that desperately need us to start a line or stay in line or cross the line. Just all across the room, just keep your eyes closed, but lower your hands. I'm just asking one more thing. If ever there was a picture of all of this, it's a picture of Jesus on the cross. Jesus went to the cross, not for his benefit. He went to the cross because if you would ask him, who are you in line for? He would say, I'm going to the cross for those that are to come, for those that are to follow me. He went to the cross because you were on his mind. He got in line because of you. And then he stayed on the cross. He stayed in that place of agony until everything was accomplished that needed to be accomplished. He stayed there for your healing and your breakthrough. And then he crossed the line and forever our lives were changed because he crossed the line that meant you and I had an opportunity to spend our eternity with him. And if you're in this room today and you are far from God or you've never asked God into your life, if you're in this room today and you've got out of line, you've backslidden, you've drifted from Him, today this is a moment to invite you to come home and to come back and to get your life on track. So right now, if you need Jesus either for the first time or you need to recommit your life today, I just want you to simply slip your hand up all across the room. And I'll just see your hand. Uh, the church are praying for you in this moment as you cross the line today. Over here, come on. Over here and over here and over here. Come on, there's hands everywhere. Over here and over here and over here at the back. Come on, there's no shame in this hand. This is your moment today. Over here, this is your breakthrough today. Don't be so casual about what is so essential to your future. Get aggressive today and take some ground today and cross the line today. Over here at the back and over in the middle. I'm looking one more time. Come on, all around the room. Over here side and over here. Anyone else? Stick your hand up high. That's awesome. I see all your hands all across the room, down here and at the middle, over here and at the side. Here's what we're going to do. All eyes closed. Just everyone repeat after me. Dear Jesus, today I receive your love and I ask for your forgiveness and I choose to cross a line today from lost to found. I come home today and I declare you are my Lord and Savior. God, today I ask you to help me to cross the line and stay in the line. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Today I start a new line called salvation and freedom. In the name of Jesus, amen. And amen. Let's give all these people a round of applause. Thank you so much for joining us online. We hope you had a powerful experience. We want to take this time to personally help you navigate the next steps in becoming connected. If you made a decision for Christ today, need prayer, or want more information about our church, go to our website, c3sandiego.com. And if you didn't get a chance to give online during service and would like to contribute financially, you can go to c3give.com and click on the giving option that works best for you. We look forward to hearing from you. See you at church.